everyone, welcome to Impact the World, where every week I get to speak to somebody who's out there in the world doing their thing, bringing some light, bringing some joy to people. Today's guest is a friend of mine who I met a little over a decade ago now. Brenda McMorrow is a beautiful person, but she is also an incredible musician, kirtan and devotional chant music artist. She is a yoga teacher. She facilitates self-inquiry workshops. So Brenda's life has been very geared for this last 20 years or so towards not only her own spiritual path, but working with people to bring more peace, more balance, more light to their lives. So it was a real treat to get to have this conversation with her and to learn more about how she's been experiencing the last couple of years, which have been very different for all of us. And also the creational process of her music and how she went from being a bluegrass singer-songwriter, pop musician, into her epiphany moment that brought her to Kirtan. So not only do we have a conversation, but I asked Brenda if she would gift us with a song at the end. And she does that beautifully so. So stay tuned all the way to the end where you will get to experience some of Brenda's musical magic. You can find everything Brenda at brendamcmorrow.com. We will, as ever, put specific links in the show notes. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Brenda McMorrow. Brenda, thank you so much for being here. It is a total treat to be with you. We met a decade ago. Can you believe that? I know. I was just thinking about that 10 years ago and what a meeting it was. So good to be here, Lee. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being on the show. And, and perhaps in a, in a moment we could share our meeting because it's, um, you know, the story may be interesting to people. But perhaps before we do, you know, as I mentioned about you in the introduction, you are a devotional singer-songwriter and you you have this very unique way of bringing mantra and, and the musical mantras to the world. And yet you began in pop and as a singer songwriter. And so you had your own journey into this, but for anyone who maybe isn't familiar with Kirtan or devotional mantra music, could you perhaps just give a, an overview of, of what that music is like and what the context of one of those performance experiences is like, because it's special. Yeah, yes, of course. I um... I love to describe Kirtan um, because a lot of people really have, a lot of people in the West have not heard of it, although it is growing um, really uh, a lot more people are starting to know. And it always is quite intriguing for people. And it, I feel like it always sort of hits a, a place inside of them that is very, that really recognizes it. And so I'll tell you what it is. Um, this is a, a call and response uh, style of music that originated in India. And it's um, something that I think many cultures throughout all of history have done this kind of singing, listening, and then singing back um, type of music. And so it's very um, natural to us, very instinctual. And so because it's from India, um, most of the songs are utilizing mantras that are in Sanskrit, which is the ancient language of India. And they are, it's a vibrational language, Sanskrit's very different from English in that the, the inherent quality and the um, potential healing effects of the actual words and sounds is super powerful. And so when we chant these mantras together in a group, there is a big transformation that is possible on a lot of different levels for people. And, but it's the kind of thing that is, we can describe it, but to actually do it is when someone really goes, oh, this is, this is what you're talking about. Uh-huh. And like I said, the familiarity is there. So um, I might chant a or sing, chant um, a mantra such as Om Namah Shivaya, which is one that people may have heard in yoga classes or around. This is a chant to the uh, transformative aspect of the divine. 
and a represent, representation of transformation. And so I would chant Om Namah Shivaya with a particular melody and then the crowd sings back and we go back and forth, back and forth. And it's, it's kind of, it, well, it's beautifully hypnotic and it creates an effect in the mind that is similar in the brain that is similar to meditation. Um, a lot of people say to me, wow, I went deeper more quickly with mantra than I do normally do with meditation. And um, that is because the process of, or just the way that the mantras work in freeing up the, uh, the incessant thinking mind, I'll speak for myself, but the, the way that the mind keeps, uh, keeps chattering away, it slows it down, quietens it, and uh, yeah, it creates a lot of peace and sense of well-being, and I could go on and on about it, but you asked for a little overview, so. <laughs> that was perfect, thank you. And, and I'm thrilled that you're gonna be playing a song for us at the end of this show. So we will stay tuned for that so that people get to have an experience of your beautiful voice and your beautiful musicianship. And I got to meet you because I don't know whether you reached out to me in 2011 or 2012. I remember you had seen a video I had done and you were coming through Boulder where I was living at the time. And you said, I'm doing a concert, a Kirtan concert. Would you like to come? And I, I was not familiar with Kirtan at the time. I think I'd probably heard of it, but didn't know what it was. And you, we met and you said, would you, you knew I sang and did music. And you said, would you like to do some harmonies at the concert? And I immediately like, oh. and, and, but you were so good. You just, you brought me in, you taught me the, taught me the harmonies. And then I ended up just having this incredible weekend with you and with the wonderful Narada Wise, who you invited me, uh, introduced me to. Um, and it was magic. I think the concert experience, exactly as you said, it's very mesmerizing and very hypnotic. And people I have mentioned Kirtan to, a lot of them will go, oh, I don't know if I want to sing. And I'm like, no, 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 don't worry. It's not, no one's on the spot. We're all doing it together. And it's this mesmerizing experience. So I will never forget that weekend that we had. Me neither. It was amazing. I remember um, watching one of your videos and I had seen more than just one of your videos. And I thought this guy is remarkable. And what comes through him is so um, inspiring and beautiful. And I, I, maybe you had mentioned that you were in Boulder or I somehow knew this and I was going to be coming there. And I, I had that thought, you know, of, oh, he probably gets so many emails, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I, I don't know if he'll ever even see it. I thought, but I, something was moving me. It was like, just send, send the message. And um, yeah, and you wrote back totally into it. And I think, oh, actually we were just gonna meet, right? I think, yeah. or that you were good and we met and you were gonna come. And but I had also heard your music, so I was already going, hmm, hmm. <laughs> I like the way this man sings. So I, I, yeah, when I asked you if you wanted to sing and you said yes, I was just like, this is perfect. Like, how, how awesome. Yeah, we ended up having really beautiful, we were in Boulder and Denver. Right. I yeah, I ended up becoming a stowaway in your band, yours and Narada's band. I stowed away with you to Denver. It was so it was so amazing. And uh, yeah, it was just it was a, it was a game changing weekend for me on so many levels. But you also have and you have this in 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 your concerts, your Kirtan experiences and in your retreat leadership, you have a very welcoming uh, presence to everybody and so I I felt that from you and and just to be in a room where everyone is in that in that vibration and especially musically I had not really experienced much intersection of spirituality and music at that point they'd been two separate things to me that give you the same results so you know I'd always loved music and it had been healing and this spiritual magical force but I'd never seen them merged quite so quite so strongly in that way and I wanted to ask you, how, how did you make the transition from being a musician, working in pop and as a singer-songwriter, to having your epiphany with Kirtan and, and the moment that things changed for you? Mm. Well, I, um, like you said, I have been doing more pop-oriented music, folk pop, a little bit of bluegrass. And actually, I was in a, a band for a number of years in the 90s called Julia Propeller, and it was really fun in London, Ontario. And um, 
what happened was in it was in in 2004 or the new year's eve of 2003 going into 2004 i was on a retreat um it was a um, self-inquiry retreat we were doing um the age-old question uh tell me who you are the who am i if if anyone who's listening or watching right now um, may be familiar with the teachings of Ramana Maharshi. Um, and so this is a, um, a Gyan yoga um, process uh, where you inquire into the nature of, of who you are. And so I had been on this retreat and on this retreat, I had a very um, life-changing experience happen for me in terms of my whole concept of <laughs> the nature of who I am, the nature of reality, everything. So my everything changed for me on that retreat. And about six months later, um, I was really noticing that um, my mind was starting to come in uh, more. For a while, it was just, there, were, there wasn't anything there. It was just very open space, very um, uh, unified feeling. And But then the mind started doing its thing again. And someone said to me, Brenda, do you want to come to a Kirtan um, workshop? And I'm like, well, what is it? And she said, well, it's like yoga, music kind of related. And I'm like, well, I've done yoga, I, sure. But I had no idea what this chanting thing was. But I thought I'll go. And um, there was a man named Yogi John, and he had his guitar and he had a harmonium, one of those little um, accordion-like uh, keyboard instruments um and traditionally used in kirtan and he started chanting and and i kind of was like huh this is interesting very repetitive i don't know i'm not sure about this <laughs> i don't know and it was the second song and he did a chant to shiva the om namah shivaya that i mentioned earlier and something happened and i um basically after it was about midway through the the song of the repeating the repeating something happened and i i i dropped back into this state of of really um the i am the um there was nothing except for presence and and i i i wasn't really thinking i just felt like this music is so incredibly powerful like it, this has helped, this has enabled me to, to get back from the thinking mind. And, and there I was, or there I, there I was, or there I wasn't, it was just presence. And um, so this is all happening sort of not, not very intellectually, I just knew. And I sometimes when people ask about this, I, I describe it as a lightning bolt happened. And, um, but it was, a little different than that, but kind of beyond words. <laughs> and I just knew that this is what I'll do now. This is it. This is what I'll do. It wasn't like it was final. It was just now this is this is your music. And I could hear my mind. It's almost like there were two sides. My mind was like, what are you like, what are you talking about? You've just this is the first time you've ever heard it. And you're just like some Canadian girl who has no idea what this is. That's crazy. But the knowing was so, um, it was just so powerfully quiet and solid. It was just like, it couldn't, the mind couldn't shake it. So I just was like, well, I guess this is what I'll do now. And so after the workshop, I thought, okay, got to find out what this is. Want to find out uh, all about it. So I went on this like, I think it was three-year journey. I moved to Asia, was living in Seoul, South Korea. I, I traveled to Thailand where there was an Irish kirtan band hmm. doing an album. My friend invited me and I'm like, wow. So I got to sing backup on that. I went to India. I studied with a few teachers there. And every night I was doing voiceover work in Seoul, South Korea. And I'd be doing all of these narrations and things all day. And I'd come home and I would read my, my mantra book that I had that taught by Thomas Ashley Ferrand, Healing Mantras. And I would feel into which mantras spoke to me most deeply. And then I'd start writing melodies because I was a pop folk 
melody writer already. And I just loved doing that kind of style of writing, you know, kind of get the hook in there. And it was just a, a, a joy for me. And I started seeing how these mantras wanted to be incorporated into that style. And I would just record and record and record um, on my computer, all these ideas. And um, so, and in the meantime, I was hosting an open mic at, at the, the big electric cat in downtown Seoul doing, uh, you know, rock covers and stuff. So it was like, it was an interesting, there are two worlds together, which is great. I love that. And uh, yeah, so there's more, but I'll, I'll break there for a moment. <laughs> Well, it's interesting you bring up recording because there's, you know, there's two aspects for me of my experience with you and your musicianship. So number one, it was hearing your albums and your recordings, which are wonderful because you can bottle that energy and it can go anywhere in the world. Like this morning when I was looking at your Spotify profile, you have 125,000 or more monthly listeners. And, and I thought how brilliant that that gets to travel around the world in that way. And, and especially those of us who self-release or self-publish, which is still a very new thing in the world. Like we couldn't have done what we're doing 30, 40 years ago. It just wouldn't have been possible to reach people in the way the technology didn't exist and neither did some of the creative freedom we have now. So there's your recording side. And then of course there's holding space and being in the room. So perhaps to ask you about the recording side first, I remember being one of many people who was part of the crowdfunding for a couple of your albums. And I was really struck by the beauty of crowdfunding for your albums, especially. I mean, I'm a big believer in that anyway. Um, and yet there was something so kirtan about crowdfunding for an album. I thought this really is getting everyone involved. So perhaps you could share a little bit about the crowdfunding experience and, and, and how that how you've experienced that because I think that's something more people will do in the future for their own things yeah absolutely and I, I, I love the way that um, you mentioned that uh, crowdfunding is akin to uh, kirtan and I, I thought that as well it's like in 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 a kirtan experience which we both experienced uh, the whole group the whole, everyone in in the room is creating the music Right, like you and I are up there singing, um, starting it out, leading it, and then everyone else is is adding their uh, contribution, and it becomes something that would never have existed unless every single one of those people was in that room. And um, so, crowdfunding is like that too. Like we're all taking part in it, and it really, I mean, every time I would do the crowdfunding just beforehand, I'd be get all nervous and you know not want to do it not like i felt my mind would be saying oh you're you know asking for money and but as soon as it would launch the support and the love and the excitement that people would share was really um heart expanding i was gonna say mind-blowing but i want to re replace that with it was just like heart expanding and um i yeah yeah, it's amazing. And people, um, somebody had said to me once, she's like, don't worry about, you know, asking because people who want to be part of it will be part of it. And if they don't, they don't. Like, it's exactly. really that simple. That's something I might say if anyone, if any musicians who are hesitant to do that um, are listening or watching, it's it's okay. Those who want to help you are absolutely going to do it. They're, they'll do it uh, with a lot of excitement too. Yeah, and as someone who has been, I, I've been involved in many crowdfunding things over the years, I love being part of it, you know, because you do feel it's, it's, it's different to being told, oh, here's my album, and here's where you can download it or buy it. I mean, I do that too. But there is something about the community spirit of crowdfunding that seemed so perfect for you and for the world of Kirtan. And um, I have to ask, is there a new album that we might be getting at some point in the future i'm just wondering well yeah at some point in the future um we will you will thank you for asking lee i um i i've spent um over the last two years um because i haven't been touring and sort of traveling i often go to california to 
um, record my albums, um, I have been doing something a little bit different, and that is collaborating with some different folks, pr primarily um, Jakob Weiss. He's a, a Danish um, producer and kirtan artist, and we've been doing some singles mm -hmm. and releasing those. Um, White Swan Records has always been distributing my music and helping me out, uh, getting the word out there. So they've been putting it out for me. And um, so singles has been my way, but even just in the last couple of weeks, I was like, I'm I'm itching for a full album, that 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 journey that that people can go on with a collection of songs, yeah. um, and that I can go on. So, yes. So the answer is I'm not sure when, um, but there are songs that are ready, and there are songs that are coming through more and more, even just again in the last couple of weeks, and so. Your last single was beautiful. What, I, I forget the name of it now, but it was it was it was a couple of months ago. I think it came out. Yeah, was it the Gayatri mantra, "Giver of Light"? Perhaps it was the duet that you did with. Oh, so that was a I'm duet, thinking... and then there was one a duet that was in English with Brother Timothy, and that was called "In Love with the One." That's the one I heard. That's the ah. one. That was beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Thank and I'm going to go and check out some of the other singles I may have missed now, now on this conversation. Yeah. Well, the, the one, the In Love With The One was really wonderful because I got to go back to my, uh, it was wonderful for me um, to go back to my more folky singer-songwriter roots with my dear friend, Brother Timothy, and Timothy Franzik. And we also put in a, a beautiful Sikh mantra, Ek Onkar Satnam Siriwahe Guru. So it's this beautiful blending of mm. the loves of my life, <laughs> mm. essentially. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you say, you know, you haven't been able to travel as much the last couple of years. And I know at the moment you're spending some time in Mexico, but you are one of the most nomadic people I know, um, <laughs> you know, always going to different places, always touring. And I've always admired that about you. How, how have you experienced the standing still that you've had to do this last couple of years, which I know has been, has shown up in everyone's lives in different ways. For example, Deva and Maten, who also had not, you know, stayed still in one place. They've both been on the show. They're also friends. And they, they said, it's been so interesting to stay in one place for two years. Um, how, how did you find going from your digital nomadic life, if you like, to being uh, in one place? Well, that's a, a great question, and it it's a really significant one for me because it had some incredible blessings, and it was really hard mm. at times. Um, I remember the first time that I actually realized, and this was in, I guess, the end of March of 2020, that I had to postpone an event. Um, I remember that that was just so overwhelming, like, or I had to postpone a tour. I just, I couldn't get my mind around it. And then it just kept progressing into having to cancel and then postpone again and then all, all of that. And I really had to meet some places within me, you know, uh, <laughs> some real frustration and um, upset. And, um, and, and then I also got to meet the place in me that really needed to rest mm. and really needed to um, go even more deeply inward. I think I, I had always felt like, um, you know, because I was doing this practice of kirtan and uh, spending so much time in whatever part of the world I was going to with people who were deeply in their hearts, I, I really felt like I was so blessed to be able to live a life of, um, spiritual practice you know for it's always hard to put words to these but it but what i realized was i i wasn't having the still the real still more uh elongated times um of reflection and quietude that i needed and so that was a blessing so i was living in toronto um at the time and after about four months um, in, I was, I thought I, I can't really be in a big city for this. And um, so I moved to the countryside 
and I lived in an apartment on a on a beautiful farm, huge, beautiful farm with animals. And, um, and that was amazing. It actually kind of added in a way once winter came <laughs> added in a way to the solitude and to that angst you know i'm a very extroverted person type seven on the enneagram for anyone who knows enneagram so it was like oh god okay mm -hmm. i know that i know i can do this but ah so so it it was um it was great so a lot of walks in nature feeling into that like that need to be with others and also recognizing how important it is to be with others it was you know so there was a lot of introspection, a lot of meeting feelings of loneliness that I think I had not um, addressed in my life. And um, so that a lot happened in this time and and it's been it's been beautiful. It hasn't, you know, I'm not gonna lie and say, oh, it's just all been awesome. Mm -hmm. Because it's been it's been pretty uh, hard and um, you know, the impacts of not of me not being able to be with people and then for people not being able to be with people doing these practices that are so essential to us i think those impacts have been profound yeah. and um so um you know just i keep i keep feeling into this energy and envisioning this energy of of all of that being able to come back into our lives and so i create it as often as i can and and i've been able to do that be doing um events here in Mexico and and really feeding that part of me that that just sort of had a, had to go a little bit quiet and dormant for a little while so hmm. yeah. so it's been a trip yeah a trip no, different kind yeah yeah well so many things you said i i resonate with and i'm sure many many people listening and tuning in and it's interesting because i do think there is you know what you said about i needed to rest even though you were doing spiritual work in spiritual community in places that were infusing you it is it, that was certainly a lesson I needed to learn and I know many people who work in personal growth or spirituality or healing there's a there's a shift when you realize oh no this is different to me taking myself off to a workshop for the weekend or me sitting and reflecting for the weekend just because I'm in the energy of it it doesn't mean I'm necessarily uh, being fed by all the nutrients I personally need with my own practice and my own going within. It is a balance. And so I also related to the uh, the ability to stop and and not take in extra stimuli from travel or from you know events with people. But also you hit on something that's been going around a little bit in my circle lately, the word loneliness, which you know I'm hearing a few more people speak about not necessarily people I would expect it from. And they're not lonely all the time, but there is a feeling of loneliness that has risen. And so, you know, one of the mental health challenges for us repairing from this time is going to be the lack of and loss of community that is, we know, so integral to our nature and our spirit. And there's been so much separation around that this last couple of years. It's been it's been very difficult and and in many cases very damaging for people. So I also really hold the vision that that you know as as we start to move deeper in, through this year, that can start to repair for for all of us. Mm, yes, beautifully said. Thank you. And I I feel that inspiration as you as you say that. Um, yeah. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Well. I, I'm one thing I was interested in for you because you've had this extra time, you know, I know people will make, I mean, many people have made music. So for example, myself and DeVore who make music, we were able to make loads of music because we weren't going and doing all of these, you know, workshops. So we just transferred the music in the workshops to recording. But one thing I know you have been doing, which is another thing that many people have had the time to do, you've been starting to bring some of your teachings uh, together so that this year you can release more online offerings for people, which I know takes takes a minute to figure out when you're used to going out into the world. But I love knowing that more people could connect with what you're doing through having that option of the online as well as the live. So um, yeah, is there anything you can share about any of the online courses or experiences that you've been creating that we'll, we'll be seeing later this year? 
Sure, yeah. Um, well, uh, one of the courses that I've been doing actually for 10 years, this will be the 11th year, is something called Bhakti Heartfire and Kirtan Academy. And I've been doing it with a yoga school called Deva Tree School of Yoga for many years, but they've just recently closed. And so I'll be continuing it on on my own and I'm going to change it up a little bit and do it in parts. So there'll be an intro to mantra and kirtan um, and then also like a part two, um, possibly even a part three. By the time this airs, we might <laughs> we might uh, have some more information about the, about that part three. But really, uh, it'll be, you know, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised when we did it online last year about the power of of chanting together, even when it's on Zoom. It's amazing the connection that people reported having that I felt with people and the power of the mantra. Like I was saying before, Sanskrit has such a an inherent quality um, in it that is transformational. So whether you're on technology or in person, this power will be shared. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to being able to offer that again. And also um, I have a few online um, courses that will be more self-directed, ones that I have done and have packaged um, for people to be able to do it at their own pace through videos and audio and um, documents that we provide. Um, one of them being the Learn the Hanuman Chalisa. The Hanuman Chalisa is mm. a hymn, 40 verses. And one of my songs that I, um, that people recognize of mine is a very fast version of that. And a lot of people get very drawn to learning it. And so I've just finished a course, um, a seven uh, session course where we go into that, uh, the Chalisa. So we're gonna be doing that and offering that as a self-directed um, supported practice. And then also um, awakening heart wisdom retreats and programs where um, I offer all kinds of different methods and um, explorations for people to be able to drop out of the the mind and and more deeply into the heart people often say to me i just don't know how to access my intuition and i i know that you're familiar with this people are not sure and uh, so we'll go more deeply into what are ways and and it's actually not that complicated to find ways to come into the heart and into that deep knowing that boy do we ever need to cultivate that? And it's always with us. So that, yeah, so some programs that will help to support that for people. Beautiful. And I know that your degrees, you have a degree in English literature and education, right? Yeah. yeah. So were you always going in the direction of wanting to be an educator and a teacher? Was that always in you or? You know, it's, I think it was kind of in me because a lot of people in my family and my extended family were teachers and I, I really what I always wanted to be was a musician and then when when I started having more um, sort of. Uh, how would you call it spiritual experiences and, and expansions happening, then I realized I wanted to be able to share this so I didn't even though I did get a, a degree in teaching I realized doing that like with kids, I love kids, but on a schedule with a bell ringing with a curriculum curriculum <laughs> that isn't yours. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. So I was that's not really but so in a way, yes. But I'm always interested in the paths that we have because I know, for example, that you became a registered yoga teacher and um, you know, you facilitated so many workshops. So I all, I, I don't know, I found it so interesting with you. I'm like, oh, how interesting that education was there at the degree level for you, even though you have now, you've taken some of the basic bases of that into, into a more modern and uh, spiritually aligned way of teaching. Totally. It's like, I think we often don't really know why something is happening at the time and then it, it serves it serves what what comes to be afterwards. So yeah, it's, it's it was mysterious how that all unfolded, and really glad it unfolded as it did. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know we're going to have a song from you in not too long from now. But one thing I'm curious about: a minute ago we were talking about 
how you have experienced the last couple of years and what it brought up for you. I wonder, what have you noticed as a positive attribute in other people? The change that you may have commonly seen this last couple of years and the people that you're interacting with either personally or through your work. I'm, I'm wondering if, you, if you've noticed anything that, that's showing up in, in the world. Yeah, I, I have. The, the thing that popped to, to mind right away was people expressing how much they value and cherish connection between people and that they had taken it for granted before and that they want to find ways to cultivate that in their lives no matter what the situation is they will they will find the ways that that work um and a lot of people have expressed a deepening into their um their shadow mm. um there's there have been so many opportunities for all of us to go into places that we're not so proud of mm -hmm. like judgment and fear and division and blaming and mm. you know um wanting to control wanting to um tell others what to do all that kind of thing and if someone is is aware they start to go oh okay what is that and start inquiring into those responses so i've talked to a number of people who have said oh boy i have seen some of the dark corners <laughs> and mm. they're like Ugh. but then they're like i'm so glad that i did yeah. right we have to see these things right and not just as they arise not just like put it out there and say oh it's happening over there it's like oh no it's happening here and let me look at it and let me love that part and so yeah i've heard a lot of people mention that and that's that's interesting what you just shared i mean i as you were, as you were sharing it i i can feel lots of people listening or watching going oh yeah oh yeah if if someone resonated with what you just said but it was a light bulb moment to them or they haven't yet investigated some of that but they recognize what you're saying is there any advice or guidance you could give that that would help them start that process of inquiry uh, in themselves or the shadow? Yeah, I I think number one is to find opportunities to get quiet and to be able to find um, time to meditate, time to just be still. Um, it's amazing what can start to arise um, and if they're just if someone's just starting um writing writing out what's coming up in a way that is uncensored um just being really honest kind of say to yourself you know i'm the only one that's going to look at this sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that and i'm just going to write everything as it as it comes and if we can when we're writing if we are feeling judgmental or um, fearful or angry, and that's something we don't want to show out there, we can say it, say it like it is as we write it. Um, there's also, um, you know, ways to be able to share with another person, and people can do that with a teacher or a therapist or a mentor, um, and or dyad doing uh, work with another person, which is another course I'll be um, offering. Um, so just getting it across and bringing things to light um, so that I mean, just to start, I would say get the getting quiet part is is important. Some people are like, I don't want to really do that. So then I would recommend put on some music, mantra music mm. and allow yourself just to be in that space because that's a the mantras support that quiet and that the allow for more space to open for insights to arise and for some of the stuff we don't want to see to arise but they they support us because it's of the heart you know beautiful and i think also you know one thing i'm aware of is this worldwide purge that we're in there is such a purge going on sometimes when you're in those dark thoughts in your own mind or your 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 memories you're not proud of or things you wish had gone differently and it feels kind of ugh, you forget that everyone else is going through their own version of this, perhaps not at the same time. Um, but I think you the, the trick of the mind is to, to make it all about us in those moments and to lock us inside. 
whenever I've been in therapeutic groups where people share and they share how they're feeling and they're in a safe enough space to do that, it's amazing when you hear what's going on inside people, when they have that moment to be able to say, well, this is what's going on inside me today. And you're like, wow, I would never have thought that based on the chat we had 10 minutes ago. And when you go around the room and everybody gets to just say, well, yeah, this is kind of what I'm struggling with today, or these are some of the issues I'm having. It, it brings us back together and shows us the shadow is collective and personal. I mean, you named it when you talked about some of the behaviors that we've either been witnessing outside ourselves in the last couple of years, um, which of course then brings it up in you, because if you see division and blame and judgment going on outside you, it can bring up in you the, the, the times that either you have done that or you have felt that from other people. So no matter where you sit on the behavior of it, we're all in the energy of it. So there is this purge happening. So I, I really relate to what you said. And I do, I do think it's, it's being willing to be uncomfortable for a while. Um, and also remembering that everyone else is, is going through it. I, I had a moment the other night when our, one of our cats threw up at 3.30 in the morning, which is very unlike her. So we were both woken up. And then I lay in bed for about 90 minutes, which is again, unlike me going through all this stuff from like 10 years ago, I'm feeling really uncomfortable about it and kind of going, oh God, I wish I'd known better. I wish I'd done better, you know, kind of not going there too much, but just in, in, in old parts of myself, relationships, my life. And it was just as the night can often be, it's like the night can really take you there. And uh, it was interesting because I didn't love it, but I went with it and I just observed it all going on. And eventually by the time it was done, I woke up the next morning and I felt better than I had in a week. So it's, it's that strange thing, isn't it? So the cat vomited, then I vomited, you know, we're all vomiting a little bit at the moment. And, you know, I think the, the more that we can, I just got the, the vision when you said vomiting, you know, the more that we can hold our own hair back while it happens, like I love ourselves of ourselves you know of course get support from others but um we need to be the, like you needed to be the one to see all of those mm. things that came up you know from 10 years ago and to be present with it mm. and not say that shouldn't be happening mm. like this is here i am present with it and you know so much of what we we just tuck away it's got to come up at some point and and yeah, meeting it with compassion, even if it is at three in the morning. Yeah. And also it's funny, one of, the, one of the things I realized was how monocular our focus can be. You know, we can get very focused on the thing that's bothering us. And we're forgetting that perhaps on the day that we're remembering the thing that bothered us, 10 other good things happened or neutral things happened or positive things happened. Like there's so much going on all at once that that multidimensionality, sometimes we do have to zero in on a certain area to either release it or amplify it. So thank you for talking to that because um, I was there just a few nights ago, Brenda. And yeah, you can hold my hair back for me, please. Okay. I know it's kind of hard to find your hair, but- <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's, why I that's how I shaved it, you know? Um, <laughs> um, I, well, a couple of musical questions before we go to your song. Um, a pithy one really, who are you listening to musically these days, uh, whether it's a genre or whether it's certain artists? What kind of music are you going to as a listener these days? Oh, yeah. People are often surprised when they hear what kind of music I listen to. Um, I listen to Kirtan, but not always. And um, I mean, some of some of my I have so many favorites for Kirtan, but um, I, uh, I I I love to listen to David Newman, mm. um, Shantala, Deva Pramal. You know, she was one of my biggest inspirations um, at the at the very beginning. And oh gosh, there's so many I could name. And you'll find actually people on my website. I I list a lot of artists that I love. And um, I I listen to um, electronic kind of ambient uh, music that is a, like a mix of organic acoustic music and um and beats i love dancing i loved and you and i went dancing we well, did we did that. it was fun yeah we went to an ecstatic dance or five rhythms in boulder right it was ecstatic dance yeah. and oh my god and i was like this guy just keeps getting cooler and cooler to me 
Oh, well, well, thank God. Because <laughs> I don't know if I was. Yeah, no, the, the reason I like ecstatic dance is you can dance shamanically, which is basically the way I dance. You're not going to get any nice choreography from me. It's going to be shamanic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was amazing. And so I, I have a list. It's called uh, Medium Chill, Maximum Sweet. It's one of these playlists mm. that I have. And then I have a When I Want to Move list. And I just keep adding. And so I'm thinking like Elderbrook and Pablo Nouvel and Ayla Niero. She's an Israeli. Oh, she's great. You know her, right? Yes. Uh, or you, you know of her, maybe you know. I know her. of her. I've not met her, but I've known of her for many years out there. She's beautiful oh, music. Just had an idea for Impact the World. Oh, cool. Yeah, I would love that. Would be great. Yeah. So she's amazing. Uh, Trevor Hall, who you've had on there. Is wonderful. Yeah. Just so it, it's kind of diverse, the type of music that I listen to. Um, Oliver, oh, I'm, I'm going to say his name wrong, but Oliver, Oliver Arnolds, who is one of my all time favorites, him, Nils Fromm. Yeah, I'm always listening to like modern classical pianists and yeah. especially because they move into the electronic realm. They're just they're fantastic. Joep Beving, if I'm saying his name right. Who? Jo I think it's Joep Beving. Oh, gonna, check I'm him out. You, you and I are going to have to. Yeah, please. Playlist, please. <laughs> Be like, oh yeah, cool. So, so there's quite a bit of diversity. So, actually, I don't know if people if people go to my Spotify page, if they can see the playlists I've created, they may. So then they'll see the kind of music that I love. Great, great, thank yeah, you. And of course, Lee Harris. <laughs> thank you very much. Well, I'm listening to you too. Voice of a, I was going to say a deva, a davy, like a an angel. Um, how do I want to describe? I, just give me a moment because I know you're asking me questions, but I want to talk about you for a moment. Um, there's this strength in your voice and a sweetness, like a, it's like you're um, bringing heaven and earth together when I listen to you. Mm. And it's, yeah, so. Thank I, you, that's so sweet, thank you. You're welcome. Well, my last question for you before we go to one of your songs is when, because this atmosphere that exists in a kirtan room is so potent, and like you said, it's never the same, because it depends on what room you're in, what city you're in, what group you're in, how everyone is that day, a kirtan experience is an organic experience. How do you approach recording? So you make these beautiful albums that have their own energy and are like postcards from Kirtan. You know, it's like, if you can't be in the room with you, it's the next best thing. Um, you know, you have such a clarity, both in your voice, but also the way you produce your music. I always love the, the cleanliness with which you produce. Even, even when you have several instruments going on, there is always a, a purity and a clarity about your production. So I was wondering, how do you, approach creating recorded music on a, on a spiritual level, um, on an energetic level? How do you try and bring some of that magic into, into the recording devices that can then broadcast out to the world? Right, well, I think it, for me, it's pretty simple. I, I wait until I hear um, a producer, um, like music from someone, who, a producer, engineer, that just blows me away. Like I, um, when I first discovered Ben Leinbach, who was my producer for my first three albums, um, I I was listening to Jai, one of Jai Utal's Kirtan mm. albums. And um, I had been wondering, who do I want to work with? Who do I want to work with? And I listened to this album and suddenly this, everything lit up and it was whoever produced this is who you're going to work with. And I was living in um, Seoul at the time, and I I went into a PC bong, like one of those internet cafes, and I Googled Jai Utal producer, and then it was Ben Leinbach, and I found his phone number, and I went home and I called him from Seoul, and because it was just divinely guided. This whole Kirtan experience for me since 2004 has been completely guided. There has, like, I, I, I am, blown away i'll say that again by how little i have had to actually do like i know that i put effort and i uh, but it's just like oh okay here and and i i've been listening i guess that's the part that i i can say good for you bren <laughs> you listened and um so i knew it was ben 
no question, nobody else. That was just him. And then for my last two, I, I remember being in Spain and I had this list of all these songs that I loved and different producers and everything. And then I just happened to be listening to Chapter in the Forest. Mm. And I forget which song it was exactly, but the same thing happened. Boom, lightning, whoever this is, is who you're gonna work with. And it was Warren Hewart had produced with Trevor Hall um, this, that album. So I've done my last two with Warren. And um, so they're both incredible. And then with Jakob, who I've been working with too, it's the same. I just, I heard him play and I heard some of his music and I was just like, okay, I need to work with him. Like there's just, it just, there's, it's just, there's magic involved. I don't really um, do anything other than wait to be shown. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And now we don't have to wait anymore to hear some of your music. So Brenda, it has been a, a really beautiful conversation. Thank you for bringing yourself to the show. Um, thank you for all that you do in the world to put out there to bring peace and balance to people's lives, because it, it definitely works. Your music is something that I have loved and used many times over the years. So um, for anyone who's tuned into the show right now, we will put all links to Brenda's work and offerings and Spotify and everything in the, the show notes. But brendamcmorrow.com is Brenda's main website where you can find links to everything. So because I want you to have the last word with your song, I just wanted to let everyone know uh, where they could find you. And uh, yeah, thank you for being here today, Brenda. Oli, thank you for everything that you bring to this world and to my life. Thank you. I love you. Mwah. Love you too, honey. Okay, well, thank you. And we will let you take it away with, with one of your songs. Thank you. So Ananda Mai, this is a song to the divine feminine, which exists within each and every one of us, to the divine feminine in the form of bliss, consciousness, and truth. And this mantra, these words were written by Sri Aurobindo and uh, I set it to a melody. So we'll do this for a couple minutes and if you want, you can just really rest back into the sweetness of the energy of the Divine Ma. Or you can sing along or a little bit of both. Here we go. Oh. Ananda Mai Chaitanya Mai Satya Mai
may I open into truth and may I be in service to the one. May I see the places in me that are unconscious or wounded and may I face them truthfully and with courage. May I see the places in me that have been in shadow and may I bring light to them. May I have love and joy and affection in my life and may I share this with others and may I have health. May I follow my own nature with ease and an open heart, with full abandon. May I radically open into what is and may awakening to the truth of who I am be something that is not only possible for me, but something that I come to know is who I have been all along. Hello, I'm Lee, I'm an intuitive, a channeler, and for the last 18 years, I have been guiding people with their energy and their spirituality. I have been a lifelong student of boundaries, and I think most of us are. Boundaries used to mean to me putting a line between me and someone else, or saying no. And I understand the need for that aspect of boundaries, it's important, and to learn how to do that in a skilled, compassionate, heartfelt way is a practice and takes time. But the other side of boundaries is that it actually increases our connection to have boundaries. So the people that we're connected to in life and those relationships can become richer when we know where our lines are and equally when we are able to respect their boundaries and to know what they might need. So in my masterclass on boundaries, we're going to take a full 360 look at boundaries. Not just the boundaries that you are perhaps needing to create in your outside world, but also how are we dealing with our inner world? Do we have boundaries around our time, our choices, the things that we're giving our attention to? Self-care and boundaries go hand in hand. When you sign up for the class, you will immediately receive a full channeled recording called Boundaries and Connection. This is something where my guides talk about the energetics of boundaries and how they're playing out in our life all of the time. I'm choosing to deliver boundaries live so that if you want to be with me for the live event, you can. I will be breaking up each module and building in some short breaks so that you have time and space to integrate throughout the class. And then you will have lifetime access to all of the material. We will be organizing the material in a very user-friendly way. So you'll be able to dip into sections and worksheets and use it as a refresher or a primer as you 
go along with your boundaries journey after you have experienced the class. If you feel this is for you, but you know you can't make the live date, if you sign up, you will receive the replay within 48 hours of the broadcast, and you will have access to it, to go through it at your own pace, in your own way. Boundaries has been one of the key game changers for my life, and I learned boundaries in a very resistant way. Like many, I thought that you shouldn't have boundaries, that if you really wanted to be open and connect with everybody, it, it wasn't good to have boundaries. And I learned the hard way that you can have boundaries that actually support deeper connection with others. It's a lot less chaotic, it's a little bit less painful, and so I'm going to share some of not only what I have learned with you over the years, but also having worked with people all over the world for the last 18 years on this theme and this topic, I wanted to give you an opportunity to take a deep dive into it in a way that can empower you for your life and for all of the connections that you're gonna have in your life going forward.